Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. All right, we're ready to go. And three, two, one. Well, it's hard to notice a man that hangs around with Bob Seska, but uh, David Ferguson, T-Rex, finally joins the yes. Stephanie Miller Happy Yay. Hour. I have worshipped you from afar, David, on uh, Bob's show. Uh, you are so funny. You are so funny. Uh, you and you and Bob and Jody Hamilton together are magic, magic. I think we need our own, like, you know, live talk show whenever we can all be in the same room together. I know. After the pandemic. You I know. know. I would love to, the three of us to interview someone like Charlie Pierce. I think it would be really fun. I know. What's well, nice to virtually meet you finally. You are a Renaissance man, a writer, musician, podcaster, uh, and boxer. What's that? Boxer. Oh, you're also a boxer. I did not know that. Yeah. Well, I think kickboxer. is that bullshit. Are you making that up? No, that's absolutely true. You're a kickboxer. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's fantastic. So you know, like seven or eight years ago, I was walking home downtown in Athens, and uh, it was the middle of the night, and these guys like came after me. You know, the whole faggot, faggot yes. thing, and yes. I cut kind of backed into a corner and was like, man, I got nothing, you know? And so like a week and a half later, I was at the gym and I saw this guy, you know, training with a boxing trainer and I went, went over and was like, could you teach me to do that? And now I love it. Boxing You're, is amazing. It does seem mandatory for a homo living in Georgia, I must say. Oh, you know, Athens <laughs> is like a little blueberry and a big pot of tomato soup. This is like a where, very... Where is Athens exactly? It's about an hour north of Atlanta. Okay. Um, 15 miles from the love shack. Oh, sorry. Bastard. Actually, I do live about a mile and a half from where the love shack was. Wow. I, I love that song. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. love shack. Okay. Um, well, you grew up in Columbus, Georgia, which I love that you describe as an angry little conservative town. It's just a, the entire town is angry. The white people are. There's a really like amazing uh, black community in my town. Uh, a big thriving R&B music scene. Yeah. Um, Believe it or not, and this is obscure fact, but uh, the R&B station there, the big one is uh, Foxy 105, 104.9. Foxy 105, everybody. They played uh, the Vanilla Ice song first. (laughs) Like, no, really, Ice Ice Baby was the B-side, and the DJ at the radio station in Columbus was like, I don't like this A-side. He turned it over and was like, now this sounds like a hit. And you have my hometown to thank for that. (laughs) So now people say to me, they're like, oh, you're from Buffalo. You like the cold weather. I'm like, no. My parents didn't give us a fucking choice. I, I'm just. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I understand that you were a little homo in Georgia. Why are you still in Georgia? Do you actually like it? 
<laughs> no, really, I'm telling you, Athens, Georgia is like a little west village, like just dropped in the middle of the North Georgia mountains. It's beautiful here. There is a like we have a completely progressive city council, progressive mayor. Oh, okay. We were actually the first uh, city in the state to go into like COVID lockdown and to have a mask. Uh, oh, wow. Well, you wrote a great we'll get ordinance. to we'll get to how your stupid ass fucking Republican governor's killing you later. <sighs> but OK. But you're in a little blueberry. I love that you said somehow I felt I needed to come out of the closet at 14 in 1982, um, <laughs> despite being in an in a excessively angry little conservative town. I don't know. I mean, I had really cool parents. Yeah. Uh, and all through high school, my mom, you know, our house was like a haven for all the queer kids. Yeah. Like the one place they could go and be themselves. And um, yeah. But I mean, my mom was an opera singer in college and then she became a psychologist and she had all these gay friends. And so it wasn't so much like, mom, I'm gay as mom. I'm like Rex and John, <laughs> your yeah. best friends. Yeah. So, I mean, really, when I came out to her at like 13 or 14, she was basically like, duh. Yeah. <laughs> like you baked <laughs> me an amaretto cheesecake for Mother's Day when you were nine. That check was in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's been more than 75 years since many courageous soldiers, no no suckers, no losers, maybe even your granddad, left home to fight for the highest possible purpose. Explore the new collection of untold stories from World War II, then find and honor the veterans in your family, Ancestry.com. I'm old, so my dad served in World War II. And you may be familiar with the stories of World War II, but there's so many more stories to recover. In honor of the 75th anniversary of the end of World War II, Ancestry has just released a U.S. draft card collection from World War II with over 36 million draft cards completed by fighting-age men in the U.S. across the country during that time, whether they ended up serving or not. There's a great chance you'll find your relatives in that collection and so much more about your ancestry. Discover all the untold stories about your ancestors and more at Ancestry.com. Head to my URL at Ancestry.com. Slash liberal. Start discovering your story today. That's ancestry.com slash liberal. Ancestry.com slash liberal. What? So you have a twin brother. You, I, I, yes. Wow. You have, so 2005, you talked about getting over an opioid addiction. It worked in yes. public radio. Then you became a writer for Raw Story. And then I've heard about this on Bob's show that you had a, not just a heart attack, you had a widow maker, is what they call them. Yeah. 96% fatal, and yet uh, and nobody's told me that, and so I guess I was just like, I know it's laying there going, can I have some more morphine? Oh. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that, and, you know, honestly, 2018 was a really shitty year. Like, I had a heart attack, and you know, the doctors were like, you know, the kind of heart attack you had is associated with severe depression. You should watch out. And I'm like, oh, I'm a goth. I know about depression, you know. And then, yeah, it was really a rough year. It was um, – yeah, and then Bob. That was right around, like right around that spring when I was at my lowest point. Was when Bob was like, "Hey, why don't you come co-host with me?" Yeah, and it really became like it still is kind of the highlight of my week. Where does T Rex come from? I, I didn't. I've never heard that story that you were known as T Rex. Uh, this friend of mine back in college, a very very sweet gay black boy named Tremaine, who always called me Miss Ferguson. Uh, but also called me Thesaurus Rex because I would get mad. When I'm one of those people, when I get mad, instead of getting like, the, there's no log jam of words. I don't get choked up. I don't have that next day thing. It just, I get more eloquent as I get mad. And 
Tremaine was like, is, girl, when Thesaurus Rex gets the book off the shelf, he hits you with it. This has <laughs> so, come in handy in podcasting in the era of Trump because I'm like, yeah. I like lose the words for how much I hate him. And I know it's not healthy as a human being to hate him, but there's not enough like f- fuck words in the English language. There's not enough. Well, it's not like he's not repulsive on every possible uh, level. Yeah, like you get. I mean, even with the sound off, he's like hurts my ears. Right. Do you know what I mean? I can't like, look at him anymore. Oh, he's just so disgusting with his oh Garfield anus lips flapping, and I can't. Okay. I so. told Bob his face, his whole head to me looks like a basketball that was stitched together out of old men's scrotums. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> the source. Yes. 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 All um, right. I thought the T-Rex. You couldn't see that, but I curtsied. <laughs> I thought maybe T-Rex. Maybe you were cheap. You don't get the check. You're like, oh, my little hands can't reach my wallet. Uh, it's not that. It's okay. No, it's your, no. It's your no. rage. Your barely contained rage. Um, yes, my but, my eloquent rage. <laughs> you know, it must be double seriously living in Georgia because I'm sorry. First of all, we have an illegitimate president who was not legitimately elected, and you have an illegitimate governor, governor. that was not. You write about this. You said, uh, you know. First of all, you said, what do you do when you're strapped in the backseat of a speeding car? Dad's driving drunk. Um, That's what it felt like watching Kemp, whose election is widely attributed to voter suppression, other acts of electoral chicanery, lurch from one boneheaded move to another. So there he is, like, stole the election from Stacey Abrams. He closed the state, as you write, closed the state too slowly, reopened it too quickly, has eagerly beclowned himself before the world by showing his utter ignorance about science and public health. I gotta talk about how happy I am that I, they let me keep the word be clowned because <laughs> it's a verb I made up, but right. no, it is, it's, it's nuts. And I don't, I mean, I honestly, I don't know what the man is using for brains because every okay. decision he makes is completely, it's like, he hasn't got the sense that God gave a bowl of coleslaw, you know? And it's just what like, we just, we just found out that asymptomatic people can spread it. And it's like, you dumb shit. We've known this since biblical times. I was I think. just about to ask you, what was the thing he said that everybody fucking knew? Like, well, you're like, what? We didn't just find out. Like, I, but then you talk about that he basically just wants you to reopen because of college football. You said that's what counts in Georgia, not our neighbors, especially black Georgians getting decimated in the early stages of the outbreaks, not the health and welfare of the state's health care workers and their families, but the God given right of all Georgia's people to assemble in outdoor stadiums and watch black bodies break themselves on the field for a sport. Um, and you say, living where you live, home of the University of Georgia, I greet the possibility of football season with a feeling of suffocating dread. People will come from all over the southeast to drink and get sloppy, mingling in bars, fraternity houses, backyard barbecues. We just saw what happened in Sturgis, David. 250, oh, it's happening 000. now. Yes. There's been a massive outbreak on campus, but the university's not reporting the numbers. They want to stay open until drop ad, which is next Friday, because that's the last day you can get your money back. For your tuition, so they want to be open past that. The whole reason that they opened, this is crazy. The company that runs the dorms, so they outsourced student housing to an outside company. Yeah. And and when the University of Georgia said we're thinking about canceling uh, on campus learning this fall, uh, the company was like, we're going to sue you for every single penny that you owe us in damages. Yeah. And so they were like, well, let's open the dorms, <laughs> which is, and so yeah. uh, last. Tuesday, there were 815 cases on campus. By Friday, there were 1,000. Just, just, um, we just in Florida. We just did the case this morning, David. Well, how many cases? Just University of Florida. Like, overnight. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's such a no-brainer. You watch them packed into bars and fraternity houses. You're like, this is going to be a shit show. Oh, here it is. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, 
like I said, it's like being strapped into a, the backseat of a speeding car and dad's driving drunk. It's just, and you, and, but I feel like that's going to ultimately be the theme when we look back at 2020 is all of us standing around going, somebody do something. Yeah. And, we just had a, you know, a, um, you know, uh, one of a, you know, a longtime listener, Steph had died of COVID. My co-host Jim Warren almost died of COVID. I mean, it's, I can't see my 97 year old mother with Alzheimer's because of COVID. Cause I can't travel to, to North Carolina. You know, it, my it's, husband's brother's wife's sister is in the hospital intubated uh, right now. Well, and you know, a friend of mine died very early in the epidemic. Uh, he went to the hospital and they were like, you're fine, go home. And he was black and he went home and it just it escalated and they found him dead. And it's just, yeah, he was 51. Yeah. And, uh, did Anthony Hopkins, didn't he just die? Of, or what, what? am I getting the wrong name? I, I can't remember. Some, no, not, some, no. Sir Anthony Hopkins is still with no, us. No, I'm sorry. There was some okay. other famous actor, but people, you're right, David, that are in otherwise good health. I think he was 71. I, I don't know who I heard of. Something, but I, I just, I mean, it, it, obviously we can all name famous people and not so famous people, but we're going to beat 400,000 dead, the latest model says, by January, right? I mean, it's, th- this is, don't you feel like you're taking crazy pills? <laughs> like we're all out like of work been, and we're all I, dead I, I, and there's even a, a question about this election that people, anyone? I feel like a Trump official and that I've been on house arrest since March. Yeah. You know, like a former cabinet official, I just need that anklet to round out the look and maybe an ostrich jacket with three quarter like sleeves but yeah <laughs> at least you're married try it single try it single i haven't oh, been i haven't know, been that's... touched by a human since march i'm just like i'm going fucking crazy you know i that's the people who i really hate it for because i have single and single friends and yeah uh, one person we i have well my guitar player is single um but he's kind of in our bubble of like six people that we freely interact with yeah but I know even, I mean... How long have you been married? Even, we got married on, let's see, 2017. We got legally married on February 7th, right after the inauguration, because we thought maybe that Pence was going to make it illegal or something. Right. You know, right. and then we had our big, big party wedding on May 28th Aww. of 2017. So how many is that? But we've been together since 2011. And what, just, I, I assume Mr. T-Rex is a velociraptor. What does he do? Yeah, <laughs> he's he's a uh, I call him my Rican Deacon. He's from Puerto Rico, and um, he's just the cutest, sweetest dude. He's an interpreter. He's actually in there right now, probably on the phone, interpreting between you know yeah. English speaking healthcare people and Spanish speaking patients. Yeah. Did you um, pelt him with t- paper towels in, in honor of Donald Trump pelting Puerto Ricans <laughs> as a joke? I'm just wondering. No, what the sense that's of- not really our fetish. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, Sometimes he'll throw sardines and I yelp like a seal, like, arr, arr, but, you know, that's hot, a different thing. Hot, hot. <laughs> okay, now I'm sorry I delved into your private life. Listen, um, <laughs> aren't you ever? Of, everything being personal, you wrote a great piece about the U.S. Postal Service lifted my family out of poverty. We can't let it die. I, I, you know, you said for me, the fight to save the U.S. Postal Service is personal, not only because it may be the only way to safely vote this November. Uh, you know, you obviously have pre-existing condition, but you said also I remember my grandfather's dedication and the joy he took in his work. And I just, at the end of the day, David, is Donald Trump going to destroy fucking everything we have held dear in America? Now, this is the thing. Uh, this summer has shown us that even with a massive pandemic, people are in the streets. And I feel like even if he tries to cheat the election and refuse to leave the White House, I, we will walk to Washington if we have yeah. to and p- pull down that eight foot baby gate and yank him out of that yeah. building 
with a pair of red hot pliers if we have to, because it's just, he does not, the majority is not in favor of him. In fact, the vast majority is, you know, we, we're all sick of him. We can't stand him. Yeah. And I, I feel like on some level they know that they, which is why they went military so fast and decided yeah. they needed to, you know, shoot tear gas and rubber bullets in Lafayette square because the power of the people is power. That's yeah. the real power. They wouldn't be I fighting mean, this hard to keep us from voting if it didn't matter. If there wasn't, I mean, except that I look at you and I think Stacey Abrams should be in the governor's mansion. I mean, you got fucked. And I'm like, oh, how, how is it, it even such legal? It's an awful feeling. And how you're is like, it legal? So this is yeah. America now. We just live under stolen elections. That's just what we do. We're just accepting it. But how is it know? legal for the guy running to be in charge of the election and clearly <laughs> fucked with the voter rolls and, every, and voter suppression and everything else, right? No, he. Uh, if the UN, I mean, if this, if, the, if this election had happened in Libya, the, we would overturn it. Yeah. You know, it's completely like backwater uh, you know, just banana republic stuff. And, but they've been doing this for, this is what's going to be interesting about this election uh, with most Democrats voting by mail or by, you know, I'm doing an absentee ballot and taking it to the, the board of elections and dropping right. it in the yeah. box. If I had, you Good know, plan. Good plan. Um, this will be the first election in a generation where Georgia's actually had a paper trail. Yeah. And okay. I think the results are going to be very interesting Okay. because I've believed since they put in the Diebold machines in the mid nineties, is it Diebold or Diebold? I think it's Diebold. Diebold. I thought it was Diebold. Oh. Tomato. Tomato, tomato. Okay. But like every, I mean, we keep having these elections where the polling has the Democrat ahead right? and then we then have weirdly, the election yeah. and it vanishes overnight and the Republican wins. And I just, I don't think those machines are good. They've never, and now they have new ones from another company. They're even more easy to hack. So but then now we're going to have paper. We're yeah. going to have actual, and I think that's going to be. We're going to get a new picture of the Georgia electorate. Yeah. I don't think what we've seen so far is accurate. Do it, T Rex. You're in charge of turning Georgia blue. Hold that thought for a minute. Let's talk about other upsetting news. Is there any other kind of news that's upsetting right now? Uh, things are contaminated mm. with COVID. Right. Coronavirus. Uh, it is obviously going to be with us for a while. Uh, the place to go is the new deal shop dot com. Uh, you can get everything you need. The clean phone pro, the regular clean phone, the clean phone wand, the KN95. Uh, they're all the, the FDA authorized KN95 masks. Um, everything you need to keep you and your, and your family safe from coronavirus. Bacteria, viruses everywhere, right? Your phone, your earbuds, your car keys, your groceries, packages, wallet, even your face mask. Yeah. Sanitizing these items is an important part of staying safe and healthy. That's why we have everything here. The regular clean phone diffuses, so your mask smells fantastic. And you need clean, that. Clean phone pro is bigger if you have a whole workplace like ours, right? We can all put our keys in our earbuds and our masks and all that our phones your phone is a must because you take it everywhere with you i was highlighting stuff for you earlier i put the sharpie in there and cleaned it for you i did i so said don't touch again. my sharpie get your hands off and then i slapped you but that's not important now what's important is you used another one and then you disinfected it so i can use it again go to the new deal shop.com now don't touch things your icky co-workers uh -huh. have touched Select the right clean phone products for you. Get free FedEx two-day shipping. And as an added bonus, get 10% off those FDA-authorized respirator face masks. Go to thenewdealshop.com. You heard me. Free FedEx two-day shipping. A bonus, 10% off those FDA-authorized masks. Thenewdealshop.com. Do you eat? Um, let's talk music for a minute. This has got to be a, 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 a god. Everybody in lockdown, this has got to be such a huge outlet for you because 
I know your band was Compromat, but that's like all of us, right? Sexy liberal tour, we can, you can't tour, so that's on hiatus. But tell us about uh, Astral Summer. I'm just all for the first song because it's called Assault and Flattery, which is just fantastic title. Ah, well, the big song we want people to hear is Waiting for the World to End because that's kind of like, but Assault and Flattery is not out yet, but uh, I was just working on it because tra- uh, Travis wanted to hear something. But right. Astral Summer. So, you know, Compromat, we have a band member with a family member who's recovering from cancer and doesn't have an yeah. intact immune system. And then our drummer in Compromat is a respiratory therapist in a hospital. So right. just not putting those two people in a building this year. I was getting all these songs jammed up in my head and Dave was already my friend. And I was telling him like, I'm so frustrated. He's like, well, you know, I can play guitar and keyboards and drums and bass. I was like, Oh, that's right. (laughs) And So we got together on a Saturday waiting for the world to end. It's like, it's like I was on Bob's show on hold. We got dumped by the, um, the carrier that he does his saddle, the ISDN carrier. And Jody came back first, and we're waiting for Bob. And Jody's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, waiting for the world, Dan. What are you doing? And I was like, boom, song. And so I had the song. And, oh, wow. You know, the, oh, wait. So this, do we have head. this? We, we do have it now. Okay, yeah. wait. Let's, let's listen to a little. Here we go. Bandcamp.com. Uh, that is fantastic. You know who likes that song? Yeah. What's that? Mary Trump likes that song, Does which she? makes me so how, happy. How did you hear about that? That she like? Did she reach out? I followed her. She followed me back, and then she was like, "Hey, I love the Goth Ninjas, and I, I really like your song." And I'm just like, <gasps> "Oh my Mary god!" Trump! Like, yeah, my it's. Well, you know, like there the, there is a meteor scheduled to hit right before the election, so I want a T-shirt that just is Biden or meteor. Those my right, only right. two choices. Yeah. Come, Armageddon, come, said Morrissey. Doesn't it? Um, our whole fucking state's on fire, David. Doesn't it every day feel like? I was going to ask about that. Yeah. It just feels I, like the end of the world, doesn't it? it you just, guys have got to sweep your forests. I know. The president said you got to get in there yeah. with your rakes and get out all that, you know, forest Didn't, in the well, forest. Well, who is it, Sweden? I love that an entire nation mocked us with, yes. with Roombas in their forest. <laughs> oh, God. We're a laughing stock of the entire world. I mean, that's the main you know, thing. The thing about, okay, this is the thing about California, though. Like, California is where, like, writers can actually make a living. And, like, yeah. creative people have jobs where yeah. they're creative. And yet, it's like a Will of God theme park. It's, <laughs> it's like blazing wildfires, terrifying earthquakes, mudslides. Yeah. You know, I mean, I remember, I even remember medflies. 
Oh, oh yeah. yes. Um, yeah. It's like, what are you guys doing over there? Yeah. Um, so it's like, and like here, I live in this nice disaster-free, I mean, not some wood, little patch. I mean, we get the occasional tornado that doesn't really, right. I mean, yeah, right. the ground stays still. But you're and, a gay. You love that because it reminds you of Wizard of Oz. So, you know. Right, right. right. My whole house just takes off. Um <laughs> And I ran uh, into this woman, and she said, "Give me your shoes." And I said, "Which, please?" Um, <laughs> I got that. I, I got that. I, I got that reference. I see what you did there. I see what you did there, David. Uh, you are a delight. No, I'll be here until there's a vaccine, I guess. All right, you are a delight in musical form and podcast form. You have your own podcast in addition to Bob Seska, right? You what's yes, your, the T Rex Report. Okay. It's at patreon.com slash the T Rex Report. Just T H E T R E X and report. And, um, yeah, and I've actually got a new theme that I've worked, I've composed in GarageBand. I can, I'm going to try it on the next episode. I've got some new music and, uh, I'm like finally getting my shit together with GarageBand. This, cool. Learning to write my own music and to do audio and stuff is something that I've been procrastinating for about yeah. 35 years. Yeah. Um, now we all have to do all our own shit. It's no really, time like a lockdown to do this. <laughs> it's really irritating. Well, that's really, I mean, literally, Travis, that's what happened. It was just like, I got, I was just like, oh, so many ideas. And like, I'm just like, oh my God. Okay. Finally, I'm going to learn to use this. And uh, once you start, it's like with any program, like, you know, remember when you first started word processing, you were like, where's the go button? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm, I, I'm back with the typewriter and the whiteout. That's how old I am. Yeah, I, I have a manual typewriter that I write on sometimes. It <laughs> yeah. feels so good. But yeah, yeah, um, and and machines, yeah. answering machines for your phone, so you could you know, right? At least before I, we had those, we could we could pretend we were popular, and probably a lot of people called while you were out. And then answering machines were, and you could were designed to make you feel like a loser. Screening calls was and a lot well, easier back then. <laughs> Ay, ay, ay. David, uh, you're a delight, sir. So nice to finally meet you virtually. Best of luck with the podcast, the music, all that stuff. I hope one day to, to meet you in person in your little tiny T-Rex hand. I'll give you a little tiny I hug. I a little tiny flo- hug. Flossing as hell. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, David. David Ferguson, T-Rex. Thank you so much for having me. Thank it's you. It's such an honor. to And, you know, you two, Travis, I was a little sad I didn't get to see Chris LaVoy. Oh, he's on um, vacation. Yes, he's on right now. That will, yeah. lure, that will lure you back. I'm sort of the op- the anti-Chris Lavoy. Like, the more clothes I take off, the less sexy I get. You know? <laughs> like, if I was a stripper, people would be like, whoa, put it, put it on. Put that back on. Put yeah, it um, on. Put it <laughs> on. Oh, stop it. Love you, David. Thanks, David.